We're rich, Wilson. The richest men alive. Yeah. Say, we've forgotten something. We're trapped in here. We couldn't open that entrance door. This guy tried to get the door open, too. He never made it. Oh, hello, chaps. Uh, yes, the Lost Pyramid of Commandities is a bit of a nuisance to get out of once you're trapped inside, but I've been okay. I've got the old randomizer here to keep me from getting lonely. Wish I could turn it on, though, but... Uh... Oh, Wilson, I wouldn't let Lindsay drink from the Eternal Fountain, by the way. Uh, Marina had a sip, and now she's off somewhere thinking she's the reincarnation of Cleopatra. That girl needs help. You're the one who needs help. You're gonna die. Ah, too late. Uh, all right, yes, Lindsay, whatever, but... Uh... First, how about you press the button on the randomizer for me? Then you'll be able to get my treasure, won't you? Okay, Wilson? No, he only wants the treasure. You're crazy! Okay, fine, don't worry. Uh, Wilson, could you give me covering fire for a sec while I make the selection? Honestly, if you want a job done properly, do it yourself. You'll have to kill me before I let you have my treasure. Yes, yes, whatever, Lindsay. Right, let's see what we have today. Oh, well, it's a... Uh... Ha ha! Now I have you, Mr. Clever. Now you will die! Oh, well, this is hardly the way I expected to go out, but still, it's been a good run. <laughs> oh, who am I kidding? No, it hasn't. Oh, well done, Marina! Uh, I mean, Your Majesty. Uh, Wilson, you okay? Ah, oh, don't worry. I was only stunned when I fell. Good, good. Anyway, back to more important matters. The title of today's episode promises high tension. Literally. Here's Supercar. Supercar! So, once again, a Supercar episode has come up on the randomizer, and I'm looking at the title and thinking, I know I've seen this probably multiple times, even though not for a long time. But I'm struggling to remember what it... I, I think it's the one where Beaker goes to the shops and gets kidnapped by Master Spy and Zarin. Uh, yeah, high tension. Visit to the shops. Um, it was a different time, you know. Supercar's idea of drama is uh, much more small-scale than than uh, it would later become in, in Thunderbirds and Scarlet. But uh, let's see how much epic drama we can get out of high tension. Uh, all we have to do now is to take the out-of-town coach and... Uh... Excuse me. So here we have um, poor old Beaker being picked up on the street by... Uh... Friend and I wish to reach Bonville flat. Yeah, once again, a very inconvincing disguise from Master Spy and a not-at-all-convincing, as in not-even-bothering-at-all disguise from Zarin. Uh, Beaker is, is not standing on a set as such. He's standing in front of a, a back projection screen, which is... Showing some place probably in Slough. It's a, it's a jeweler's he's standing in front of. As a matter of fact, if you would be kind enough to give me a lift, I could uh, uh, show you part of the way. Poor old Beaker. To be too easy, friend Zarin. Master spy. Well, now who's a fool? The fact that you wore such a terrible disguise, and the fact that your friend isn't disguised at all, and it was such a terrible plan that it really fooled me. It's uh, uh, well done, chaps. When the doc gets his hands on anything, it's better to leave it alone. Hey, Professor. I found that out the hard way. What's doing here? Oh yeah, this is this again the uh, early days of supercar where we're still tinkering and fiddling with this machine, adding bits and. Uh, By the way, isn't he a bit overdue? And trying to update the technology. Not 
it, friends are in them. A group of craters. I'm, I'm just looking at Master Spy's disguise, and uh, close up, it's even more terrible and unconvincing than it was when he pulled up uh, to pick up Beaker. He's, I don't understand actually why, having revealed himself to Beaker, he's now keeping the phony moustache and the uh, the silly cap on. Uh, well, other than the fact that he's driving, but safe and sound. Yeah, why isn't he getting Zarin to do the driving? And he can. Uh, Oh, he's got he's got these um dark sunglasses on as well. That's quite funny. I'll take the jeep down to the highway and see if I can pick Beaker up. We have a jeep. When did we when did we get a jeep? I know Bill Gibson had a jeep, but I thought that was his. I'll go and see. Well, I hope he's here soon. I'd like to know what all this new wiring in the cockpit is for. Yeah, and that switch on the wall over there. Yeah, and there's a piece of dust on the floor. And a weird stain on the ceiling. It's it's um, kind of odd that uh, the supercar team uh, can create such interest and uh, curiosity out of a very small thing like a, a switch. What? What's that you're saying? It is very simple, Professor. Master Spy's got a ring on. Is that part of his disguise, or is is he married? We will have a fair exchange. To to someone other than Zarin? Not want something yeah, it's a, it's a ring on his middle finger, on his left hand. I don't remember seeing that in other episodes. That m must be part of the disguise. Hello, Beaker. Beaker, is that you? Uh, uh, yes. I'm afraid to say it's quite true. Uh, we are going for a small journey to... Um, oh, now, let me see. Oh, yes. Uh, Green Ghost Wells. That will be enough, Dr. Beaker. I wish only to establish... <laughs> this is a, a good indication of how terrible a villain Master Spy is. He can kidnap someone and then not just do the say a few words into the phone to let them know that I've got you thing. He actually just lets them say his entire plan. And it's only once it's out of their mouth that he's actually... Oh, wait, maybe this was a bad move. Green ghost. Maybe I'm a terrible villain. And, Professor, get the police on the phone. If they've got Beaker, it's no joke. The police? But, Mike, you can't do that. No, it's just kidnapping, you know. You can't call the police when there's been a kidnapping. You have to solve it yourself. Oh, right, now, Master Spy and Zarin have switched seats in their little van. So Zarin is now driving, but Master Spy's still got this terrible disguise on. Imbecile friend. got this beautiful close-up. It's, uh... If it wasn't a disguise, this would probably be a quite a fun caricature character. Um, as it is, I'm just wondering why he's keeping all this rubbish on. Well, do you suppose that I am as thick-headed as Zarin here? Yes. Yes, I do. I do, Master Spy. I do not think he will be visible from the ground, and it would take several hours to search for the right pit. And, we only and have remember, the police don't have helicopters, Mike. It's just not a thing that they do. They don't search from the air, Mike. Was that a thing in the 60s that police searches were confined to the ground? I would have thought that for such a, a forward-thinking show as this, the police would have helicopters, but I suppose if you have to keep our characters involved, then probably best best to pretend that they don't. We could always fly her out on... On remote, yeah. Maybe you got something there, Professor. Why have we only just now thought of that, considering we've used the remote multiple times in the course of even just the last eight episodes? Uh, hold on. Hold on a minute, Professor. I'm cooking up something. 
<gasps> it's another one of those idea things. Uh, they come quite slowly and uh, only usually one at a time, but uh, let's see what we can come up with here. That's a good idea, Professor. Master Spy's sure to be watching Supercar coming into land. Oh, well, if it's got Jimmy's idea, then uh, Jimmy's endorsement, then obviously it's a good idea. Why do we have you here? You're not contributing anything, you, you annoying small boy. And where's Mitch? I haven't seen Mitch this week. Mitch is usually the, uh, the saving grace of the existence of Jimmy, but uh, I guess he's up to something more interesting than this. If you mean to, um... Oh, this is quite an impressive uh, set for the Green Ghost Wells um, pits. It's a sort of a split-level thing. We've just panned down from, like, the road down into the pit where um, Beaker and Master Spy and Zarin are. And the bottom of the set looks like it gives the impression that this is just a ledge that they're sat on, that there is more space beneath them. For... For a very early episode, that's quite impressive. Five, seven, Here we go, charging Supercar's nine, engines. This always, uh, this always takes up a good two minutes of an episode. 13, but again, they've um, they've reshot this standard material in a new way. Aside from again that shot of Supercar's engines, all the shots of the characters saying things is, I'm guessing exclusive to this episode. Oh, speaking of old shots, I love this. Uh, this must go back to the first episode of a shot of Supercar rising up out of the uh, laboratory. It's a shot of Mike in the cockpit and he just lolls his head back. You can see his, his lip is slightly open. It gives him a kind of a sort of derpy expression as he's just sort of looking skywards in almost sort of wrapped admiration of something I'll maintain as much altitude as I can while I pinpoint him and then glide right down to a landing again I'm still surprised how uh, how technical all of this is I know I've said before that a lot of it is uh, fretting essentially oh we must do this thing before the other thing and worry about the third thing but for a children's show you think you can control in a glide sure all this science and technical talk is is far beyond what you'd expect, even even from a series then that almost had kind of an ed educational element to it as well. So, because it is called Green Ghost Wells, you expect a green ghost to appear. <laughs> <laughs> Not e exactly, Master Spy, but but nothing. I have a feeling too that um. If this story had been made in the second season, if there was a, a place called Green Ghost Wells in the second season, when um, Ma Hugh and Martin Woodhouse had left and the show became much more kid-friendly, there probably would be a green ghost lurking around here somewhere. As it is, we're going to keep this absolutely real as much as possible. Um, very, very underrated pair of writers, I think, in the, the Jerry Anderson canon. We have people like... You know, the Tony Barwicks. I think Tony Barwick is going to always be my favourite Anderson writer. But the level of sophistication and dedication that the Woodhouse brothers brought to Supercar is still very impressive even to this day, and it's such a shame that they never came back after this first season. There's a definite drop in quality between the two, and I think a lot of it is down to the fact that they're, they're not there anymore. I saw something flash. Keep that to yourself. It's not Master Spy uh, 
up to some more dastardly now naughtiness. Taking her down. Oh, it is Master Spy. He's got a little, uh, little mirror that he's <laughs> he's reflecting the sun with. Oh, I'm sorry, Master Spy. And he has stripped off a bit. He's he's dropped his disguise now. We're back to his normal white jacket and white spotted bow tie. Um, Allowing for a three-degree change in the sun's azimuth over the next quarter of an hour or so. <laughs> you are so clever, Doctor. This is great that um, Beaker is essentially just helping his kidnapper by by being being cleverer than them, but also not being so not having enough common sense to realise that his knowledge and his expertise can just be so easily manipulated by his his captor to the extent where he can actually help them signal to the person who's uh, who's coming out to meet them can't see a sign of them from ground level master spy was being real clever when he thought this one up but he's been a bit too was he was he really i think a lot of it does depend on the fact that beaker is too silly to um to live uh, to to recognize that the, the guy who looks exactly like Master Spy is Master Spy. I was just distracted for a second there by um, Popkiss is talking into the radio. His hand is going up, and the wire on his hand is catching the microphone on the desk. Um, almost to the point where it looked like the mic was going to come off, but it didn't. So uh, Mike has landed supercar nearby the spot where Master Spy is holding Beaker. He's got out and he's now going to go in on foot while Professor Popkiss remotely flies Supercar in from uh, from the console. Dr. Beaker, do you see it? Supercar? <laughs> you think that by now, having been tricked like three or four times by the Supercar team, that Master Spy and Zarin would at least be slightly wary when it looks like that they're about to finally get their hands on supercar. I mean, they haven't even got a gun just in case things go wrong. Which I suppose is is admirable that a kid show doesn't doesn't feel that it has to include that level of well, not violence as such, but sort of potential violence. Uh, you would just think that they would be slightly more... Oh. <laughs> it's a gorgeous shot of them just peering up from behind a rock. Which coincidentally is the same rock that I believe... Oh, it's a long pan across these rocks. Yeah, there's Mike hiding at the other end of the rocks with a massive walkie-talkie. If you come in... Master Spy, there is no pilot. No pilot? What do you mean, fool? See for yourself. What? Why? How? How does Master Spy not see what Zarin sees when they're both standing right next to each other and Master Spy was looking at Supercar? This means that the cowardly Mr. Mercury dare not meet us face to face because Yeah, but you, you should... You should get to an optician's, mate. I mean, that is a, uh... That's a should have gone to Specsavers moment when you can't see the thing that's right in front of you and you have to be told what it is before you even react to it. It is unnatural, fool. You suppose perhaps your green ghost is responsible? Or do you suppose that they are flying it by remote control as we have been tricked previously in before? You are a fool, friend Zarin. Most curious. Professor. What's odd though is that 
beaker doesn't twig that it's on remote control either, which, again, considering they've done this before, and considering that he presumably helped build that remote control system, is, um, is quite baffling. But again, Beaker, as much as I love him, has not really been much of anything other than a hindrance this week. Don't ask me why, but Doc says to throw that taped-up wall switch. Oh, but he's got this uh, magic switch that we don't know what it is or why it exists. The master spy is about to fall into the um, inquisitive category. So Just noticing that uh, Mike's radio has got this huge antenna on the top. Um... And he's waving it quite close to Beaker's eyes, and Beaker's got very big eyes. It really wouldn't take much for him to uh, to gouge one of them out. Oh, Mitch has thrown the switch. No, not Mitch, Jimmy. Mitch is the one I wish were here. Jimmy is the one we've unfortunately got. And what does this switch do? It electrocutes anybody who touches supercar. Um, well, I never. Instant dancing. They make a pretty good team, huh? They should be on Broadway. <laughs> and this is yet another thing that we'll we'll include with Supercar for this one episode, and then never use again. Well, I don't think. I mean, they. This is the kind of show where they would bring something like that back, but I don't remember ever seeing it again. It uh, it says here that the charge of less than a hundred and fifty volts. Uh, with minimum current, of course, is a positive tonic to the system. It is, huh? Well, have this one on me. <laughs> me, I'd rather stay home and watch television. The programs aren't so shocking. That is a very odd thing to include in a children's show. Just like, hey, let's casually mess around with electricity. Uh, yeah, I never realized that before, but actually... Yeah, looking back at it now, it's, uh, that is very questionable. Uh, I suppose back in the 60s, uh, when we were still building things out of asbestos for people to live in and such, it wasn't maybe uh, as, as looked down on as it would be now. I don't know. Anyway, that was high tension. Um, I, I can't honestly say that I was feeling particularly tense throughout much of that. Again, with Supercar, you know, it's very well made, it's very intelligently written and plotted. This is just kind of more of the same, not one of the greats. And, uh, where was Mitch? 